Hello, and welcome to the Digital Workspace Works podcast. I'm Ryan Purvis, your host, supported by our producer Heather Bicknell. In this series, you'll hear stories and opinions from experts in the field, stories from the front lines, the problems they face and how they solve them, the areas they're focused on from technology, people and processes, to the approaches they took that will help you to get to the scripts for the digital workspace inner workings. So my name is Kevin Makaring, and uh, and I'm basically the founder of um, of an ag company in Mozambique called Mobiz Studio. Uh, I mean, mm-hmm. generally we have two we have two wings. Let's call it one is AgriTech Moz, uh, which you know does us what's on the name, but then we also have Mobiz Studio, which is more uh, a general uh, software development uh, agency. So I've been working in the ag tech space for for about four or five years now. Okay. And yeah, it's interesting to use use technology to drive rural development. So that's what we do. Oh, interesting. Interesting. Well, welcome on the podcast. It's great to chat with you. So tell me a bit about Agritech, because I, I don't know anything about Agritech. What kind of stuff are you guys doing? Okay, great, great, great. So <clears throat> at Agritech Moz, uh, what we've been doing is essentially working with, uh, with uh, private sector organizations in uh, Southeast Asia, so mainly in India. And uh, also with um, with uh, some NGOs here in Mozambique, and uh, essentially what we do is we we use uh, technology development or technology tools such as mobile applications, websites, and other things like that to drive uh, to drive certain objectives in uh, in the rural development space. So so practically speaking, if you need uh, a software tool that can help you um, improve. The delivery of agronomic extension, uh, track projects in the in the uh, agri- agricultural space or rural development in general, but specifically in agriculture, uh, you need some consultancy. And uh, how do you build software tools that are fit for purpose in the agricultural department? That's that's where AgriTech was essentially works, and uh, that's just one subset of the whole AgriTech domain. Yeah. Okay. So tell me some stuff that you guys have solved. What kind of problems have you solved with, with what you're doing? Okay, so uh, one of the one of the current uh, one of our biggest projects currently is essentially developing a software tool that uh, helps transform uh, field business issues or field field uh, activities or workflows for people who spray cashew in uh, northern Mozambique and building a software around uh, around the the whole business workflow to help train those users to become more business like. So it's like they do that work uh, anyway, spraying cashew trees, but uh, but it's still very much informal, and uh, you know we don't really have that idea of tracking which clients they have, leads, you know, registering the type of information that uh, that they normally capture, like the types of trees, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, that uh, the farmers they work with have, and, and turning that into a business. So what we do is we we build a software application that sort of copies the workflow that they're doing on the field but tries to transform it into something that can start to bring them some data visualization, some reports, and we see if that can can, can bring digital transformation at uh, the, to the most rural areas. Yeah. So that's that's our flagship project. Yeah. Uh, I love it. And, and I mean, how, who's funding you to do that? Are you fun, Is it a commercial model that, and you don't have to answer if you don't want to, but is it something that they're paying you to do or are you getting grants to pay for the technology or is the intention that they will generate revenue by using your service and then you just take a cut. I'm just curious about what the commercial model is. 
Great, great, great. So uh, interestingly, for the commercial model, um, it's it's a bit dif- divided into different two different business lines. So that one is more um, <clears throat> it's more it's more for our business line called Mobis, which is where we just outhouse software development agency. So we develop that and we leave it with the client. But naturally, you know, we offer some support, some consultancy on how to monetize it. Uh, you know, we we help them do the bridge between. Uh, the the um, routine type of projects they close and perhaps even some other stakeholders that be interested, but uh, but for agritech malls what we're doing is where where so that's our other business line just to just draw a distinction always uh, what we're doing is where we're picking up the learnings from all of these different uh, different projects and experiences that we're doing and we're using them to build one unified uh, sort of uh, SAS tool. Uh, specifically for the ag tech space, because you'll find out that many of these organizations have very similar requirements, and it's not it's not efficient redeveloping and redeveloping, redeveloping. So what we're doing is we're kind of combining all of that into one uh, one one stop solution, let's say, for most of the ag tech needs. But that's still under development. We're a very small team and bootstrapped, so so those things take time. Yeah. And you're building the whole thing yourself, or are using low code, no code? To, to build your no, we prefer to build yeah we're, we're computer computer engineers so we're going to build everything ourselves i mean we are building everything ourselves we don't really use okay. uh, no code solutions yeah oh interesting okay and, and yourself dara how do you fit into the picture uh, kevin and i have been chatting but tell us about yourself hi ryan hi dara i am, I am dara batalla i am new at the company actually i i was contracted as business developer I am helping to get more opportunities and to to get more closer to the clients and to expand our business. This is my okay. main goal. Yes, yep. it's my main goal. And uh, and one of one of my uh, more important tasks is to expand and to look for to look more more for I'm talking about national international opportunities. Interesting. Interesting. That's great. And and how, I mean, how do you find your customers? I mean, do you go out literally and, and go to all the farms and talk to them or, or is it through partnerships and, and that sort of thing? Yes. Part, um, partnerships. Uh, there are, that is the, the most important part of our business because not all of the opportunities are reachable by ourselves, but with one partner, sometimes it's more how can I say tangible? Um, more than that, not just the, the clients, uh, but all the people that may may create a certain, how can I say, uh, a certain impact in our business, like yourself, like 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 many other people that that are considered entities to to to. To contribute to our to our kind of work. So, I mean, give me an idea. I mean, are you are you guys actually fulfilling? So, so you work with a farmer. They do they they're spraying the cashews as you mentioned. Are you connecting them with with purchasers of cashews internationally, or are you just providing them the technology to to measure their yield, and they still have to go find their their market to sell their their nuts. That's an open okay. question about you. Sure, sure, sure. Good, good, good. <clears throat> so, great point. I think it's, it's it's a very good question, and I mean, it cuts to the heart of of uh, what value do you deliver in ag- agri technology? Because any intervention, eventually, you have to be able to help the person sell. 
right? Um, so for this particular uh, for this particular project that we're discussing, although we obviously can't go into too many details because uh, we're working with uh, with some NGO partners, uh, but specific in this project, what we do is we make sure that uh, that through the technology, the purchasers of uh, of the the eventual output. Uh, are all, always have a link into it, right? Because they're a very key stakeholder because they're the ones that bring in the money eventually. Mm -hmm. So what we do is we provide we provide a solution for them to be able to go there. But uh, but definitely driving that link and building that link, that's not always our main sector. We really focused on on providing the software solution and uh, and obviously the deployment process because one thing is building a tool. I think anybody can build a very nice tool. And, uh, and and you don't really need us if you just want to build a tool. But what you do need to know is uh, is how do I actually embed this tool into the communities? What is the most um, sustainable way to make sure that people are using them? And, and obviously, as well with these type of software tools, is uh, how do you structure the maintenance? So so we're also, for example, in discussions with another partner who want to operate something. Um, a little bit away from agriculture, but more in the in the rural development space. And uh, and one of the one of their main challenges they found is, uh, is 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 how do you do the maintenance over time? So that's something that we've been able to debate with them for some time because you know we've got uh, we've had different members of our team and also some of the consultants we work with have had the opportunities to to do these type of projects across different geographies. So 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 that's another point of value where we where we try to work. Because I mean I've I've done it, it's it's very difficult. And the first couple of times I can say I messed up, <laughs> but uh, but after some time you get to learn and you can always simplify things for whoever you work with. Yeah. No, and it's obviously important and, and reducing friction. I mean, I've never been to Maputo, but I've I've been obviously in Africa a lot. And uh, people I don't think people understand what rural looks like, you know, especially from the first world where you know there's roads everywhere. There's addresses and postcodes and and all that kind of stuff. You know, as I say, I've been to Maputo, but I've been to Swaziland and I've been to you know parts of Western East Africa. And you know, the, the road can be there one day, it can be gone the next day, you know, because of rain or, or whatever, or the train doesn't come because the the, the, the tracks are gone. Um, so I think you know a, mo a, a mobile solution is is an important solution. Uh, and I'm curious to know about connectivity and and the devices that people are using. And how they're using devices as well to do to use your your product. Right, right, right. So that's that's always one of the main questions that comes up. And I think uh, I think that's where um, that's where the work experience in this in this sector is important because it's it's always going to be a challenge. Look, no matter even I mean even in the same district, you'll have an area which has brilliant uh, connectivity and another one which doesn't. I mean, actually, most recently. I spent a little bit of time in uh, in Malawi, and in the same village beneath one tree, you could get uh, fantastic internet connectivity. And as soon as you move out of that tree, you cannot even make a direct phone call. So those those are actually the type of conditions that you find, right? It's 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 truth. Um, yeah. What we generally do is we we build our software solutions uh, in a way that uh, so first of all <clears throat> they can be used completely offline, because uh, I mean you're not doing a technology transfer for yourself initially it's mainly for the people that you work with at the community level so you need, to be, you need to make sure that if they have access to the softwares they don't need you ever again right but then the question is why will they ever give you any of the data that they're that they're that they're using so that's where you need to provide some extra value so for example in that sense what we generally do is we put the software uh, offline but for you to be able to send a message about 
let's say, for example, the yield or the output that you have, or try to get information about some, some good economic practices, then what you do is you have to synchronize it and be able to download that information. And that is one of the ways in which we hook, uh, we hook the communities to make sure that uh, besides providing them a software solution, we also get some feedback from them about whatever we're providing them. Is it useful? Is it making an impact? And are you able to pick up other things of value from our software? Because what we don't want to do is, I mean, those are still emerging markets, let's call them, right? In agriculture, you're not working with very established markets unless you're working you know, with a firm mechanized agriculture. So what you need to do is to first create some value, but then start to build a proof of concept for further value being created and then somebody putting in money into that. So that, that's why it's a process. I mean, it takes, it takes time. Uh, but uh, but but the main idea is is um, is is that way. And about the devices, look, I think if you see <clears throat> one of the ingenious ways that people have started working, uh, because Acta doesn't have many investments in in Southern Africa, one of the ingenious ways people have started tackling that is, uh, I mean, either you you go out and buy devices yourself, but again, we're a small startup, we're just we're just kicking off, so we can't do that. But uh, the other solution is identifying people at the community level, because there's always somebody who's, uh, who's more literate, has uh, more, a little bit greater opportunities, identifying those people and seeing and seeing and making value for them to be able to, to, to act as points of expansion uh, of your, of your solutions into the communities. So that's, that's, those are two very common paradigms. Yeah. Yeah. It, it is interesting. And I can understand your challenges uh, to an extent. For, for various reasons, and I think you, know, you mentioned being literate and illiterate. I mean, you know, you know I, I would expect that your your solutions are very picture driven in order to 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 cross that that gap. And and I, and I love you talk about the value proposition because I think that's important. I think a lot of that gets lost in solutions sometimes. People are very quick to build something but not actually understand how it's going to be commercialized. Not even for for the company building it, but also for the people that are going to use it. Because if it's going to if it's going to cost you lots of money and you don't get any value out of it, you're probably not going to do it. Um, or you'd be, you know, remiss to be doing it. Um, so tell me, like, like, how do you do? You, do you cross the line and educate the users, or, or are you building stuff that you believe is so usable that they can just download the apps, so to speak, and just use it? Okay. Well, <clears throat> the first challenge is at that level, nobody's just randomly downloading applications on Play Store. So that's problem sure. number one. <laughs> so, so always there is some concept of education, but uh, but like that, I was saying. For us, it's, it's very important to leverage partnerships to be able to do that because, look, in practice, you need some type of field force that's, uh, that's supporting these people to a certain extent. And, uh, and, uh, and in countries like Mozambique, um, it, will be, it will be mainly composed of, of uh, you know, non-governmental organizations. It will be mainly composed of civil society organizations. So these are some of the partnerships that we're, that we're fermenting. Uh, here in Mozambique, and also trying to expand, as I said, uh, beyond. But for example, in Southeast Asia, in India, although they similarly do 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 work with NGOs, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, on that side, uh, our strongest partners have been private sector. So we identify companies that uh, that already have uh, their own networks as well, but also that have um, that have some field operations. And what we do is, uh, so far at this stage, right, we've we've been supporting and building the tools doing some consultancy in how to deploy those tools but but definitely it's a market that we would love to we would love to work with and i probably will be in the next couple of um probably by 2024 with uh, with some of our sas tools but then again like i said we've got two major let's say departments so one is agritech which is really focused on 
on rural development aspect. And that's the one that obviously has been has been more successful for us, just from the profile of our team and and the experiences we have. But we also look for other, you know, more traditional SAS products. Uh, some of them based on AI as well, because you know that's that's something we think we can bring value. But always trying to to make them for for rural and peri-urban development, because that's where that's where our sweet spot is. Yeah. Mm, mm, I can understand that, and, I, and I'm curious. I mean, are you with with what you're doing? Are you using uh, I suppose I mean AI would be a, 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 like machine learning to predict what the what the crops are going to be for the year and like and sort of predictive analytics to say you're going to get you know based on last the last five years of of um, cashew um, volumes you should expect about the same this year and you're thinking about how weather impacts things are you going that far like connecting all the dots that help a farmer to understand what their possible income could be or what their value could be. So um, we are doing that, but not for agriculture. So we're doing that for for one uh, SME business, like an SME business management application, right? We it came up as an idea to help uh, solve the business management difficulties that people have at a, at a at a peri-urban level, right? They buy and sell stuff in the market, but they can't really tell you, you know, which which is the best product to sell. Uh, you know, which client should they be reaching out to? They don't know simple concepts such as sales funnel. So we're actually using AI in that component. But in the agricultural space, like I said, it, it's really more dependent on uh, on the types of partnerships we have. And if that's a requirement, that's something that, you know, personally I have done and, uh, and, and our senior developer as well has also done that personally. But unfortunately for Agritech Moz, we haven't yet got uh, a project going that far. So for now, it's still, it's still I would say, um, in the in the improvement of the smallholder farmer's life and and not yet into into the nitty-gritty and the science of uh, of uh, the agronomical science so that's something we've got experience in but agritech was uh, as a business has yet has yet to 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 to, get to go to that area but that's something that like i said where we're already using ai for uh for other application which is still in the development we've already done some beta tests we've got a couple of partners looking at it uh, we've worked with about 30, 30 entrepreneurs in India, uh, Mozambique, and uh, and some parts of South Africa, but uh, but it's still it's still some ways away from from being a fully fledged product. So, like I said, probably by by the end of this year, I, I will be sending you a message for you to try it out. <laughs> Sounds good. Sounds good. Because um, I, I mean, I've seen macadamia nuts have picked up recently. Uh, Tim Ferriss was talking about them the other day from South Africa, and and so was one of the other guys that I, Tom. I think of Tom's surname, um, but these are two sort of. Uh, Tom's very much on the on the fasting, um, sort of influence influencer side, I guess you could say. And um, it doesn't surprise me that cashews are, are, would be up there next as a, as a thing. I mean, I know we talk a lot about cashews. There's probably other things you guys are doing in agritech. Um, what's the best way for people to have a look at what you're doing? Is there a demo site? Is there a way to get in contact on LinkedIn? Maybe. I mean, how would you want to be in con- contact with anybody who's interested? Yeah, for sure. I mean, we've got uh, we've got our website, which uh, it's uh, agritechmos.com. So I will just type that uh, in here in this chat box. But I think I can also share it with you afterwards. Here you go, sure. agritechmos.com. So that's where anybody can come in and just see some of the impact we've had. We've worked with uh, with quite a number of farmers in different geographies. We've also got uh, we've also got obviously our, our digital portfolio on there. Which, uh, which anyone, if they ever want to access, they can speak to us. But, uh, but like I said, you know, we're 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 a young organization. 
so I mean, we do have experience to support us, but we 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 really uh, at a very incipient stage, one year so far, almost a year, uh, still in a couple of months, uh, about nine months. But uh, but what that means is that we we are very fortunate to have uh, people like that on our team who will be very happy to walk you through the kinds of work we've done and, and etc. So that I think you can also just leave leave there your contact and all the people would be happy to speak to you. Great, super. Uh, we'll we'll have your LinkedIn details. So that's great. It's been great chatting with you both, and and I wish you all keep in contact. I hope uh, hope it all goes well. Cool. Thank you very much, Ryan. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Heather Bicknell is our producer and editor. Thank you, Heather, for your hard work on this episode. Please subscribe to the series and rate us on iTunes or the Google Play Store. Follow us on Twitter at the DWW Podcast. The show notes and transcripts will be available on the website, www.digitalworkspace.works. Please also visit our website, www.digitalworkspace.works, and subscribe to our newsletter. And lastly, if you found this episode useful, please share with your friends or colleagues.